three, two, one. Boom. Live. Evan, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, man? How's it going, mate? Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. No problem at all. How you keeping? Not too bad. How's things? How you finding everything with the COVID restrictions lifting and all? Ah, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. Finally get out, a bit of peace. My birthday's coming up soon, so... Ah, so that'd be good, you know, a bit of freedom, a bit of normality, you know, back to the city, seeing people that you haven't seen maybe in so long, you know, like the elderly people, especially with the looks of me, nanny and elderly, all that elderly people in the area, you know, for them to be able to see their friends that they have not seen in so long, yeah. maybe it's something good for them in a way, you know, so they're not clocked up all the time, you know. Being in the house constantly, I'd say it's just a blatant, absolute travesty, I'd hate to be in the house constantly, and like, especially because vulnerable and stuff like that. That's it, and especially in mental health as well, for people like me and you, and other people out there that probably have suffered with depression and anxiety or anything over the years, you know. It's going to be a lot worse, you know, with lockdowns and social distancing and stuff like this, you know, because some people that have mental health issues want to be able to hug their friends, want to be able to have a chat. communicate and have a chat, and then for them not to be able to do that and have to look at them over the screen, it's heartbreaking for them and it's going to touch on their mental health as well, you know? Exactly, it is. It, uh, and I don't even, I, like, even for everyone who, even, especially for people who do have mental health issues, but even for people who don't, like, it did get, it does get difficult for everyone because cooked up all the time, being in the house, especially if you live on your own. And that that's, and that mainly goes with a lot of older people. They just live on their own all the time. And for them being stuck in, it's just even bad, even worse, because like they like to get out and get that bit of shopping in and the walks and stuff like that. So That's it, exactly. You know, even as it comes down to the point you said there, like, people, not even people that have depression or anybody, just even if you've never had anything like this before, but sometimes you will start to see yourself developing this kind of... It's a hard thing from somebody like for me to describe how other people may feel, but from my personal perspective, it's like it's a groundhog day when living it. Like you're on your own all the time. You may be with your family, but you still feel like you're on your own because you've seen these people every day, all the time. You don't want you. You don't see nothing different. There's no change. Yeah. You know, it's just repetitive. Each day is repetitive. Eat, sleep, drink. Exactly. You no know, socialising. You know. It's horrible. That's it. But it's good to see that like, the restrictions have been lifted and people are starting to get back out there and live normally again. How have you been keeping? Ah, well, I've been keeping well. You know, I've had my ups and downs. Where I've suffered with mental health. I haven't spoken about it really much, but yeah, or I've suffered with mental health. I've been in a hospital with mental health over the past maybe two years. You know. Jesus. So. I'm, start, I'm, I'm back to myself now, thank God, due to the help of St. James's Hospital and the likes of PA, the house and stuff like that for the guidings and advice, you know. So I'm back to myself, I'm back to full health now and I feel great, yeah. That's great to well, hear, just, just to say to anybody out there that is listening to this that does suffer with mental health or suffers with depression and you don't want to speak about it, I felt I was too man, too much of a man to speak about my depression and my feelings. So the best thing I can say to you is please open up to somebody out there and speak, you know, speak about it. Because it's gonna get worse the more you bottle it in. It happened to me. I came to a point that I couldn't take it anymore, and it's boom, blue, you know. So just please get it. If you need help or anything like that, reach out to somebody you know, and just reach out and get help, you know. Exactly, man. That's great to hear. And everyone take that advice. So you've been living in the in the inner city for the whole the whole of your life. Oh yes, much. you've been living in the inner city all my life. Yeah, born and bred. And um. How do, you, how do you enjoy living here? Do you ever feel like you'd ever move out here or do you feel like you'd just stay here? No, no. I don't think I could ever picture myself moving out of my hometown, you know, to the inner city centre, you know. There's lots of different sides of the city, but my side, I'm from the Liberties. I'm a proud Liberties man, you know. I grew up in the Liberties all my life and that is my home. That's it. 
and like yeah, you have everything so close to you as well like everything is pretty much that on is your doorstep the, that is the amenities around the area you know especially living in the liberties there's a very good community spirit about everybody like if you live in a greater area like say Blanchestown there's so many districts to Blanchestown but where I'm from my hometown the liberties you've got so many amenities around your doorstep to see you know you know everybody everybody knows you and even the people that you do not know there's always going to be a friendly face you know yeah, exactly. I share that. That's that, that's a hundred percent true. Like, like even if you're like walking down the road or something like that, like more than likely you're gonna bump into someone that you know. That's it. You're always there to see somebody with a smile on their face to greet you and say, "Ah, oh, how's it going, Evan? Oh, how's it going, Eric? Nice to see you. How are you keeping?" And it's just nice to see that now, especially in the liberties, the community spirit we have is just unreal. It is the best about. I agree. I agree. But this this place has came a long way. This, this, the whole lot of the liberties has came a long way. Of course, over the years, you know, since I was a child growing up and some things that I've seen over the years have changed, you know, they keep changing. And I'm going to quote a song by the Dubliners. It was called Dublin in the Rare Old Times. And a verse of that song says, Dublin keeps on changing and nothing stays the same. So that's what I've been experiencing over the years in the liberties. Things are changing, but they're not changing for the worse. They're changing for the better. They're building all these new and up-to-date student accommodation. They're building all these different amenities, new coffee shops, trendy, trendy thrift shops and all. And it's just great to see the colourful, the colourfulness in the area nowadays. Yeah, the atmosphere feels good. People around the area are nice here. You know, you can always get along with someone. Like, and even, like, just having people around you who, like, that everyday conversation. As if, like, we brought it back to, like, talking to someone. You have that everyday conversation, whether that be with your next door neighbour or someone living in Oliver Bond or Watland Street or something like that, it's still in your area. That is, it's still but, the local liberties area and it does come down to the point, even if it's your neighbour, if it's somebody that lives 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but it's still they're in the radius of the liberties and they're still always there for a chat. That's one thing about people in the liberties, they love a good chin wag, you know, a good chat. A good chat, that's what you love to hear. So, have, have you seen how the difference of this place has actually come in like many years? Like I remember I was looking at a picture or was it this place before? It was actually of the, this church actually and there was like nothing nothing around like it was just it, it looked like just a, a, it looked like a land of waste and just the, this was just sitting here yeah, that's just was, what I got from the picture it was an old wasteland from looking at the picture from yeah. what I can probably tell within my knowledge which wouldn't be very much probably of this part of the church you know but what it did look like was this was just all land you know mainly probably all pedestrianised at the time you know and it is great to see such a historic church like St. Catherine's Church here in Meachbury. And that's why I'm very glad to be able to do the podcast here in such a historic venue, you know. And here's a little just fact for people about this church. St. Catherine's Church, many great Irish artists have performed in this church. Really? And sang over the years in this church. Really? Who? Who, who sung along in here? Amelda May, she's a local Liberties woman. Go on, Amelda. <laughs> Amelda May sang in this church. Who else would have sang here? I, I, I don't know how true this is, but I believe the script would have had something to do with singing in here at one point as well. The script. And a few other Irish artists, Mary Black, Francis Black. Over the years, they all would have had some sort of gig in here, yeah? Jesus, I didn't actually know that. Because I, I did, I, like, I, I knew there would, there would have been something done with this place because it's so big, like, you ha- you'd have to do something with it. But yeah, like, it, seeing hearing artists like that is kind of mad to hear. 
Because oh yes, of course, and there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of local talent in the area, you know, whether it comes down to singing, songwriting, uh, poets, authors, you know, there's so much talent invested in this area. The likes, as I go back to it, like the likes of Amelda May, you know, Amelda May is a local Liberties woman, and it's so true to our culture of where she came from in the Liberties. Yeah. We've um, who else would have? Who else can I think of offhand? Brendan Grace, the late Brendan Grace. One of the world's best comedians in my eyes was a Liberties man himself, Brendan Grace, you know? Yeah. The, who else? Um, then you've got the likes of the song The Fields of Roy. A local man from the Liberties wrote that song. His name is Pete St. John. Jesus. So you have a lot of talent coming from this place, and you have a lot... Even though people might not know, there's a lot of gifted people that grew up around her. Yes, there is. There's so many gifted, gifted people. Well, we've had a lot. We've still got. We've got a lot of up and coming kids in the area, like talent, you know, from the likes of say Maryland, Fatima, Oliver Bond, James's Street, Mead Street, all the surrounding areas. You to see all these local football teams, you know, and it's brilliant to see the local talent. Sometimes they'll be out on a walk, just trying to clear the head, you know. And I see these little kids kicking a ball on the street, and it reminds me of me when I was a kid. My dream was to be a footballer, but look. She happens. She happens. I didn't walk out. But look, you can see these kids, and the, these are the lo- these are the next generation. These are the talent that is going to be up and coming, and these could be the next big name in the liberties. Exactly, and it's good to see that kids are still out being active because, especially with what's like going on with everything about how big technology has gone for everyone. Because you'd see a kid now sitting and just play the PlayStation or on a screen on the phone. But it's good to see like. That kid is still staying out being active. It is, it is. It's very good to see kids actually still get out there, still be productive with a day, still be active, you know? Yeah. It's, it is, it's very good to see that, you know? <coughs> and um, so, like, when it comes to you doing stuff in the area, do you like to take part in community stuff, like, when you're in the area? Oh, of course, yeah. Like, any hands torn, if there's something there that I can put a twist to, I can offer to give a dig out, of course, I'll be there for my local area, you know? And to try better the early, I will do that, you know? Because even when it comes to stuff around, like, Christmas or anything like that, they usually throw, like, something to go on for everyone around the area, whether that even be just for the kids or something like that, or for everyone to get involved in, there's always, like, a helping hand that everyone gives. Like. That's it, it's like, when it comes down to the community spirit, everybody pulls through, you know? And even during the pandemic, the early, as, how tight the early is together as a community, it became much tighter because everybody was caring for everybody. During these times, I've seen local Liberties people delivering messages to the elderly at the door, and that was just amazing to see the community spirit of the Liberties all pulled together to do such a thing. It's just, it's beautiful, you know? I agree, I definitely do, and I, I, I have seen stuff like that back at the very the beginning of the pandemic of when people would deliver stuff to all the people, and I think it's a great thing. I genuinely do. Like, they, they don't actually realise how much that helped that person out. That's it. It's just the little things like that, you know what I mean? It means a lot to them. And even if it's just to leave it at the door and speak to them through a window or wave at them, give them a smile, some little bit of normality there for them, that could have got them through the lockdown. Exactly, like he, he, that little, that little thing that might be little to you might be huge to that person. That's it. That you could just say, you just saying hello to someone walking down the street just makes someone's day or week even. That's it. Could be the only person they speak to, like. No, that's it. So, when you're in your spare time, what do you like to be doing? What's what's like? What well, my spare time basically, um, I'm volunteering with a homeless organisation at the present moment called Super on Dublin. I've been involved with Super in Dublin for two to three years at the moment, on and off, you know. So I go, I go out um, 
when when I have time, you know, I go out maybe two or three times a week, give a hand to them, you know. We go around to Dublin in our city centre and we provide soups, sandwiches, sleeping bags, blackets or yeah, blackets, jackets, <laughs> blankets, you know, we provide so much stuff for them to try and make them in the position they're in, make them a little bit more comfortable, you know. Jesus, that's brilliant to hear, man. Well done for your play to you for that. Because oh, not, not everyone would do that or else has the thoughtfulness to go out and do that. So fair play to you, man. Well done. Ah, nice one, nice one. Yeah, no, sure, look, eh. Look, everyone has the right to be happy, has the right, has the right to a cup of tea, has the right to a bowl of soup, the right to a sandwich. And that just came down to me to do that, you know what I mean? It's, it's like something that I really am passionate about and I really like to do, you know? The fact that you like to help out not just people in your area, but also around Dublin. Like, it's just, like... That, like, that's something like, to really be proud of, man, like. I sure look, I don't do it for praise, I don't do it for anything other than that. I just do it out of generosity of my own heart, and I really do feel sorry, and genuinely sorry for these people and the predicament they're in. And I just want to give the best guidance to them, best advice and best help I can give to them. That's great, man. And do you, like, do you, do you travel, like, around, like, do, would you just go to, whereabouts it, like, in Dublin would you just go to? Would you just go to nearly, like, every spot Dublin? Or? So, um, our route, I'll take, I'll take you through the route real quickly, if you great, don't mind. Yeah, great, so, yeah, we, start, um, we start, say, we go out on a Saturday morning. We'd meet at, say, 12 o'clock at the spire. Okay. And then we'd meet, I mean, some days we could have 12 volunteers out. Okay. Some days we could have three. Or some days it could be just me and another guy out doing it. Yeah. The owner of the super home, Ben Conley, good friend of mine, I have to mention Ben, you know. He's a top lad, he is, Ben. Doing the exact same work as I do. Well, he goes above and beyond for everybody, Ben. So fair play to you, Ben. And uh, no, but we start at the spoil. We take her all the way down Jervis Street. So we take either side of Jervis Street. We do one side, the other side. Get all the homeless up there. And we go up to the very top of the Jervis Street where Penny's is. You know the McDonald's there? I do, We yeah. take the left at McDonald's. Excuse me, straight up that way. We take a left out onto the Jer- out onto the Jervis Lewis line. Yeah. Because you do get a lot of homeless people on the Lewis line begging outside the shops and all. So we go up and feed them. And we go up that way. We take a right up Liffey Street onto the Hapenny Bridge. We do all the Hapenny Bridge. Then we take a left up the boardwalk, all the way up the boardwalk, straight out onto O'Connor Bridge, straight over O'Connor Bridge onto Westmoreland Street. From Westmoreland Street all the way down onto Dame Street. From Dame Street we go onto Stevens Green. We go Stevens Green to Crafton Street. And then we go all the way around the park up to Baggett Street. Yeah. Baggett Street to oh, up to the very other end, the posh end. As I like to say, you know, we're all the way up there. And then we come back and do the same thing all the way back. Jesus, man. That's unbelievable. And how long would that take you to do? Like, how long, so, like, so, so you, where you start off and then you gather up the people around that one particular spot, how long would you stay in a certain spot for? Well, we're, we're, not, we're not a static soup run, so there's a static and a mobile. So a static soup run is somebody that stands at a table and that people come to them. And we, we took into our own acknowledgement that not everybody can have the power or the ability to walk to get to that place where they are because it could be too far for them. They could be going through sickness, withdrawal symptoms from, from drugs, you know. So we are mobile, we've got a trolley. We fill our trolley up and with the generosity of the, some of the shops around town, not all shops, but some of the shops around town, Londres and the Spar, when our hot water goes empty, they let us fill up our canisters with hot water yeah. so we can refill it and go again. See, that's what you love to, like, you love to have that around, because I know when I mentioned that everything is around, like, near your doorstep, but you also get help from them businesses as well, especially when you're out helping people in the area and just around Dublin. 
It's great to see. Like, and that, that's it. That's it. Like, free play to Spar on Dime Street. We're going to give a shout out to Spar on Dime Street. One of the nicest bunch of lads and ladies that work there, especially the manager. I forget the manager's name, but she is brilliant. We've often ran out of milk and we'd be going into buy milk out of our own money. Yeah. Because we don't, we don't get no money, money off the money. government or anything. We'd be going into buy it and she'd say, no, 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 don't be silly, Evan. And she'd give you a jug of milk and say, no, that's on the house. She'd, if you run out of paper cups, she'll give you two or three big bundles of paper cups. She'll give you knives, forks. She'll actually help you as the best she can to help them. See, just even, even if that person is not particularly on that exact, is not exactly with you, but even just like, like, you don't know how much you saying, is it okay if we can just get this? Like, even though it is very hard for people to do, but you even just popping the question, like, just like, it's, it's, helped everything so much. Your people, like, it's, it's amazing, you know? And we get donations off little businesses, like, around, just small, like, little businesses that text our um, Super on Dublin page and offering what you need and all. And we just say, ah, look, we're short, maybe, of some packets of soup, some socks, some underwear, you know? And these people actually go out of their way and buy this stuff and drop it to us. Jesus, so you're getting help from, like, literally the entire... Like, not just the area, but, like, around the whole lot of Dublin, like... That's it, the whole lot of Dublin. And just to say, while I'm on this podcast, if anybody in particular between the ages of 16 and 21, if any of you wanted to get involved in helping the homeless or anything as such like that, feel free to give Super on Dublin a text... And myself or Ben Connie will be on the page and we will be more than happy to look after you and welcome you in and show you the ropes and bring you out and show you, show you what we do for the day. And you're more than welcome yourself, Eric, to come Thank out one day much. and see what it's like yourself, you know? Dublin Superman, yeah. So, thanks very much for that, Evan. You're, that, that, that's honestly, that's brilliant, man. I, like, I really appreciate you doing all that for your area because like, I think it, like, it shouldn't go unnoticed that's why I really wanted you to get you here on the podcast out tonight I know, appreciate coming on honest to God thank you for having me on you know and I just hope this reaches somebody you need maybe like with the topics of the mental health besides all the liberties and all that yeah but the mental health topics the homeless and all if this reaches out to anybody in, in a situation feel free to text me or to text the Super on Dublin page and we'll be more than happy to help you See, that's the, that's, that's the stuff, everyone. That is the stuff. And um, what I was going to mention to you is, how long have you been involved? Like, uh, have you, like, have you like, in, been involved in thinking, oh, I really want to go out and help my community. I want to help Dublin. What, like, the, was it a spark or was it... Like, not saying a spark, because like, that sounds like, oh, but, like... No, it just how, like, was it just how you wanted to do it? No, it actually wasn't. It was actually, funny enough, actually, I was in, I was in James' history school, yeah, Jambo. You up there, Jambo. I was in Jambo, <laughs> I was in Jambo school. And the teacher at the time in the school, Mr. Smith... He's still there. Is Mr. Smith still there, is yeah, he? He is. Make sure, uh, make sure if, if, if this goes out to Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith was a legend of a teacher, yeah? I'll show him this. Mi- yeah, Mr. Smith brought us out actually one day and to help the homeless on Grafton Street. We done it with um, Peter Murphy. And ever since that day that I was given the opportunity by Mr. Smith to go out and help the homeless, something clicked in my head and said, I really enjoyed doing this. I really enjoyed helping these people and seeing how much joy just by them talking to me for maybe two or three minutes that I brought to them. So I thought, look, that's just something I want to do. And ever since then, I've been just on that road now, maybe four or five years, probably helping the homeless, yeah. Jesus. And how long has it been since you finished school? 
Four, about four or five years, yeah? Probably about that, yeah. We left in fourth year. We don't advise anyone to leave in fourth year, but yeah, we left school in fourth year due to issues. But so look, them issues made me the person who I am today, you know? The trouble, the trauma and all that I brought on the school, the school brought on me. This, I understand today that the school was only there to help me and pet at me and what I did in the future. And the school guided me to where I am today by helping the homeless. And that's thanks to Mr Smith and the principal at the time, Mr McEntee, and Bruce Principal Miss J. Book for allowing Mr Smith to let us go out and do that. So thanks to them for trusting in Mr Smith to let to bring us out to help the homeless. And that's that's where I am today now, thanks to them helping the homeless. That's great to hear, man. And do you, like, when it comes to you just helping, even though you're helping out with your area, do you, like, you meet friends along the way that you know you keep for life, like? Oh, yes, I've got friends, like, I've friends for life in these super runs, you know. I've got, I've got a lot of a very good, at the moment, I've got a very strong and a very big team around me, you know, in Super Run Dublin, you know. Like, the, the lads and the ladies that walk there are just... Just immaculate the work they do, you know what I mean? I could yeah. mention a few names, but... You I do it yourself, man. You yeah. work extremely hard yourself. I could man. mention a few names if you have on the team, but I wouldn't want to because I might forget a few of them, you know what I mean? And I, don't <laughs> like, I don't want that trouble, you know what I mean? I get that, I get that, I do. Um, and I, I'd say definitely for you, um, the winter is probably the hardest time for doing it. Oh, yes, the winter is very tough. It's, you know what? The, the winter is physically and mentally challenging on myself. Yeah. Going out in that cold, and even though I could wear two or three layers of coats, man, we found myself one night coming home from doing a super run, and I seen this girl on O'Connor Bridge. I mean, this girl must have been blue with the cold. Fucking Her skin was changing, it was that cold. It looked like hypothermia setting in, it was like minus two or minus three degrees, you know? Fucking hell. And I was, I was coming by, you know, and I seen the girl, she, she, she wasn't me, she was, she was alive, she was breathing, but she was breathing real, kind of. <gasps> heavily. <laughs> Trying to get, trying to get she, she was trying to breathe so heavily, trying to get the air out, the hot air, to rub her hands together to keep herself warm. So I, maybe me, I immediately react. I only had, a, I only had a, I had a jumper on me, yeah. my jacket. So I took my jacket off me and put, I gave her my jacket. I said, I don't mind about the cold. I said, I, I, I can go home to a bed tonight. I said, I can get to go home to my warm bed and my family and. Say thank God, you know what I mean, that I am here today in this home. So I took my coat off, I gave him my hat, I gave him my gloves and my coat, and that was it. I, it was just little things like that, you know, that I done, and maybe that saved that girl's life on that night, you know what I mean? Yeah. As it comes down to the fact, that's all immaterial to me. That does not mean nothing to me, a coat or anything like this, or a, a hat, a gloves. I can replace them. Exactly. And life can't be replacing, you know? Exactly. And, like, there's one thing I do want to touch on is that, how, like, this government is actually a shambles in a way. It's just how, how they're not willing to help out their own. Like, I just, like, I just, like, I, I, it does annoys me. You know what? I won't even touch on that subject because I could be here from, from here at the Kingdom Come talking about the shambles of this government. Michal Martin, Leo Faradkar, eh, all... All the rest of them. I don't even like calling them Mihal. I call them Mihal Martin. <laughs> pain in the whole Martin, for fuck's sake, you know? I just wouldn't be able to sleep on it. No, I'm not. No. Have, like, like, I do understand to the point where, like, some people can get themselves homeless. I do understand that because it does happen. Like, people just don't want to pay their bills. That's it. Or there is rent. people out there that choose to be homeless, you know? Yeah, but there's also people out there who don't choose to be. That's it. It comes down to the fact with the government as well. A man died. I think it was about seven, six, seven years ago on the steps of the law. 
The doll, the building, the doll, government buildings, outside it directly, a homeless man froze to death in a tent. His name was Jonathan Cody. What the fuck? God rest Jonathan Cody's soul. He died outside it. And only two years ago, maybe two or three years ago, another man died outside. On the exact same doorway that man died. And they can't the pick up and like, and oh, maybe cannot, we should be doing something with They cannot realise that. The only people I believe in this country that can make a change is Sinn Féin. Definitely. And the only reason why they still got in was because they had no choice but to put their votes together. Because they knew that they, they, they knew they were going to lose that, that, that whole election. They knew they, knew they, they were, were going to lose it. They were all outvoted by they were, Sinn Féin. And they did the two they, parties. They made, a, each other. they made a coalition, which I do not think is fair. I do not think that should be allowed to do anymore. Should, that you know, that, that is disgraceful, be, that was. I've got to commend Mary Lou MacDonald. She always calls them out. She always she? calls them out. And then there's another one, another girl from up north, Marie Devine as well. Um, gotta mention Big Jerry Adams as well, <laughs> you know what I mean? All the Sinn Féin crowd, man, you can just do endless work to try and make change in this country, and hopefully change will come soon, you know, I to really the Sinn Féin. Too. I really do too, because at this point, it, it, it's, it's, the government is literally ran by a bunch of mongs, pretty much, like, you could get a child to run a better, like, it, it, they give them, like, you give them, the, you give them the most obvious option to pick, and they will, they will go with the least obvious option. That's they, it. Our government is a laughing stock of the world. We Definitely. go to all these world union trading events and parties, and little old Ireland are always made a laugh of. Why? Because our government are a shambles. They copy off of. They they, they literally copy them um, because even through the pandemic, they copied and waited for England to do what they were doing, and then goes, "Oh, we're just going to do what England does," and it was very easy to pick up on because they it was like, "Why are you doing exactly what England's doing?" Well, that that, that is. They, they that, can't that, make their own decisions. That's very true. Where to do what you said. For many years, Ireland were run by British, you know what I mean? We were under British rule and British imperialism. And we always say to this day, Ireland is not run by British imperialism. Of course it is. The English still have a big factor to play in our Irish Irish daily livings because at the end of the day, what you touched on there, Eric, was these people like uh, that are running our government during the lockdown, they're going by the British government, and I meant, I meant to say they don't have nothing to do with the British, but they're still going by the British government. What they do, we do. Exactly. Monkey, monkey see, monkey do. Exactly. I understand. I get that completely. Evan, thank you for being here, man. I really do. I appreciate you being here. But, um, yeah. But uh, I agree. I agree with what you just said there. I really do. I agree with what you just said. But um, what do you do? What do you do for uh, work? Oh, I don't, don't want to mention work on this topic because I think it's been a, it's been a wider platform of more so touching up on the subjects of the liberties and stuff like that. I want this to be about me, what I do for the homeless people and helping people and maybe spreading positivity about mental health. I don't want this podcast to be about me. I want this podcast to be about helping others and a wider range of things. <laughs> Do you think there'll ever be a football? Like, do you think there'll ever be like anything like besides like a football pitch or anything in the Liberties? Well, I'd really hope so. Yeah, you know, because the kids and all in the area of the Liberties would be something to actually keep them mind occupied as well. And people say yes in the Liberties and especially in surrounding areas in all areas there is a higher crime rate in the areas. Yes, but I really do think if the government decided to give a grant towards this area and put in a football pitch, there'd be less kids being unoccupied and messing around playing football and break something petty like breaking it, smashing a football through someone's window and they're getting JLOs for it and then they're getting in trouble for doing this. This wouldn't have to happen if there was a local football pitch in the area, which there's acres of space around the Liberties for the local football pitch. So you know what I mean? That may be a tough, uh, however, this reaches, you know what I mean? 
I get you, yeah. Well, Evan, you really don't hurt your minutes, man. That's it. That's, that's good enough, yeah. I'm happy with that. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. No worries. Thanks really for having me. No worries at all. It's Evan, been a pleasure, mate. Evan O'Donnell, everybody. Thanks for being on, man. I appreciate Thank you. that. Thank you.